Welcome to Warriors Off Court, the San Francisco Chronicles NBA podcast. I'm your host, Warriors beat writer Connor Letourneau, and today I'm joined by sports columnist Ann Killian to break down Golden State's showing in the NBA draft, where it took Cincinnati forward Jacob Evans with the 28th pick. So, and here we are, the Warriors headquarters Thursday night. We're fresh out of the Warriors post-draft media availability where Bob Myers broke down their the 28th pick of the draft. Um, the Warriors took Jacob Evans out of Cincinnati, University of Cincinnati. Um, a swingman, wing wing player type, um, plays both, both sides of the court. Uh, he's known for being really versatile defensively. He can also knock down an open three-pointer, um, has a really high basketball IQ, a lot of the intangibles that the Warriors were looking for. Um, Warriors did not end up buying into the second round, which was something that was discussed a lot entering the draft, so their only pick was Evans. What was uh, what were your big takeaways? I know you you're as a columnist, you follow all – teams and all sports and so you probably don't have a ton of time to study the college basketball landscape but based off what you've learned about Evans tonight what were your thoughts on on the on the pick well you're right um I do not break down the college game film but um this sounds exactly like the kind of pick that they needed uh a wing um a versatile guy a mature guy a guy they think can step in and give them some serious minutes next year, uh, and and Bob said that specifically that he you know I don't think Steve will have a problem putting him out there, and that's that's what they want. Um, it's funny all through the playoffs, whenever we would be just hanging out, shooting the breeze with Steve, and we would talk about next year, um, which happened a lot. For one thing, there's a lot of time shooting the breeze, and there's also a lot of talk about um, what's going to happen next with this team because it's kind of a point of intrigue when a team is in the middle of this kind of wide-open championship window um, and had so many problems focusing and, and you know, taking the regular season seriously. Steve kept saying that he thought next year would be all about the young guys, and he kept calling, um, saying, you know, he would say, like, Kavon and Jordan and the draft pick. And it was almost like uh, TDP, the draft pick. And now finally the draft pick has a name, Jacob Evans III. And uh, so I I think uh, it it sounds like the kind of guy they were looking for, the things that both his college coach and that Bob Myers uh, said about him um, serious-minded, high, like, like you said, high basketball IQ, um, solid, business-like, you know, all things that um, it doesn't sound like there's red flags. Uh, it sounds like he, you know, is is a good, solid citizen. He wants to work hard. And I think we both enjoyed the bonus of the fact that the first time he came to work out for this team just happened to be parade day and he was here at the facility where we're sitting right now in in downtown Oakland and he wandered outside and was confronted with masses and masses of people in warriors uh gear you know celebrating a championship which has got to be pretty 
heady stuff for for a kid from Cincinnati. He grew up in Baton Rouge. He played in Cincinnati. You know, to see that kind of enthusiasm and passion, uh, he he said it. Told reporters later that it it blew his mind, and and I can imagine. So I I bet he's pretty darn thrilled about about the chance to come here and actually contribute. Yeah, the, the interesting thing about this draft was, you know, there were a lot of bigs early in the draft in the first 10 or so picks, but after that it was really wing-heavy, which kind of played to what the Warriors wanted because they wanted a wing who could come in and contribute right away next season and play some sort of rotation role as a rookie. And when it got to that point in the draft at 28, there were still six or seven names on the board, you know, names available that we'd been talking about as possibilities guys who made sense for them in that spot and the one name that I've been going back to throughout this whole this whole week is Jacob Evans because to me out of everyone that they've been looking at he's made the most sense they brought him in twice obviously they brought him in on parade day and they brought him again yesterday and if you're bringing in a guy twice you're pretty serious about him um, Bob Myers went out to Cincinnati this season and, and watched him in person. And um, he just fit everything that they're looking for. Um, you know, as we mentioned, he's very versatile defensively. He's six foot six, but he has a six foot nine wingspan. You know, he can guard four positions. Um, he initiated the offense at times last season as a junior at Cincinnati. He played both shooting guard and small forward. Uh, he was a finalist for an award as a sophomore to, for being the best uh, shooting guard in the country and then was a finalist as a junior for being the best uh, small forward in the country. Um, and one thing that the Warriors care a lot about is winning. I mean, obviously that kind of goes without saying, but they they really like when a guy is understands what it takes to win at the college level and um, has a positive impact in that department at that level and you look at what he did at Cincinnati last season Cincinnati which you know has a pretty good reputation as a program but um hasn't been dominant by any stretch really since the Huggins era um they won a school record 31 games were a number two seed in the NCAA tournament and Jacob Evans was the leading scorer on that team but what, what stands out to me statistically about him is he not only was the leading scorer. He not only led the team with 3.1 assists, but he also, as a as a wing player, had 4.7 rebounds and ranked 10th in the, his conference in blocks per game and steals per game. So he was a stat stuffer, and he doesn't he doesn't make a lot of mistakes. He had a really good assist to turnover ratio. He's a very heady player. One thing Bob Myers said was watching him him in workouts. He he just he seemed to understand the right play, the right decisions, and you know Draymond Green was actually very involved in the draft evaluation process. Went to a bunch of workouts and sat in on with the in the war room tonight, and that was something that he apparently remarked to the coaches was this guy knows how to play, and that might seem like a simple compliment, but coming from someone like Draymond Green who is as much of a basketball savant as I've as I've probably ever been around. That's extremely high praise. What do you think of um, how involved Draymond was in this process, and 
And does it make you even more confident that this could be the right pick for the Warriors when you hear someone like Draymond saying that? Um, I love, well, you know me, I love all things Draymond. So uh, the fact that he's in there in the front office and giving his opinion and uh, when Steve Kerr made the phone call to tell Jacob that he was the selection, he said, here, I have a teammate for you to talk to and pass the phone to Draymond. And uh, we don't know what transpired, but um, Bob seemed to think that there was a lot of Draymond talking and a lot of not much coming back from Jacob just listening. But um, yeah, I mean, I mean, Bob said that uh, they had they had now everything you hear on a draft night, take it with a grain of salt. Because everyone kind of says the same thing, you know. Every every player is great. Every player they were surprised was there, but Bob did say he was surprised. They were surprised he was there. That they had him slotted going higher um, or lower, whatever way you want to say it. But before they picked, and um, uh, he said it was unanimous in the room that when it when he was there and it was their turn to pick, they were all like, "Yes, this is our guy." So, I mean, all we have to work on is what they've done in the past, and oh. Um, I think they've been pretty good. You know, I mean, that's, that's the thing. And I mentioned this in my column for tomorrow that, um, you know, everyone talks about this super team and, and, you know, how they're ruining the basketball. And, and it's just so patently absurd because this team was drafted, except for Kevin Durant. But the rest of this team was drafted. And they were our homegrown. And that's about as as non-ruining a league as you can get to have four of your five starters drafted um, or wait, three of your, three of your five starters. And one came a long time ago before they were good. Um, But, but it's just, you know, anyone in the league could have drafted clay. Steph was a huge risk when he was taken. That was a different regime that drafted him. And then everyone passed on Draymond including the Warriors. So it's just, you know, that it, that's it's always good to remember on draft night like how this team actually did get built, and it was through this process, the draft. Now what they're looking for these days is a little bit different. Those were actual building blocks. Now they're looking for the supplemental pieces that will continue this dynasty for a little bit longer. One, one theme with these later picks that the Warriors have gotten in the past couple of years getting – McCaw at 38 two years ago, getting Jordan Bell at 38 last year. In their press conferences when they first met the media, they they both said, I would rather go to the Warriors than be the number one pick, which you know might be a little bit of hyperbole, but there's some truth there. And you can understand why, because this is kind of the ideal setting to – to come into as a, as a as a draft prospect because there's no real pressure. I mean, there's a potential opportunity to play right away, but if you're not making a major impact as a rookie, no one's going to freak out. The Warriors have plenty. They have depth. They have four all-stars. So it's not like they need you to be a huge factor as a rookie. And you you can learn from Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, Kevin Durant, Andre Iguodala which is only going to help your development. So it's kind of an ideal situation. One thing I was wondering when Myers was talking about how giddy Evans was when they talked to him on the phone after drafting him was, would you rather 
be a lottery pick, like late lottery, 13, 14, or go number 28 to the Warriors. And keep in mind, there's a pretty major disparity in the guaranteed contracts between those two ranges. So which one would you personally rather be? Well, I would personally rather be with a winning team, with a winning organization and surrounded by good people. And I don't know every organization in the league, but I know some, and some are pretty screwed up, and this one's pretty not screwed up. Um, I can't imagine having been a lottery pick with the Warriors you know, 10, 15 years ago when they were really screwed up. I mean, it was a terrible experience, I'm sure, for most of those young players. Um, and there was a ton of pressure and a huge burden. And, you know, was someone like Antoine Jameson going to save the franchise? I mean, it's it it was a lot. And and I you know, there's you look at players going to places like, you know, the Kings. I mean, it's a lot of there's a lot of burden there. Um I think, you know, I mean, everyone wants to get as much money as they can, but I, I do think this is pretty much of an ideal situation. And and the picks you were talking about, let's get back to the whole buying of a pick thing, because you were just talking about McCaw and um, Bell, uh, and they were picks that the Warriors in, in the last two years bought into the second round, which they tried, Bob said they tried aggressively to do that this year, and they weren't able to do it. And it makes me wonder if, one, maybe the match just wasn't there, they didn't see the value, or two, are teams far less willing now to deal with the Warriors and, and to to make that kind of deal? Because, quite frankly, last year when the Bulls uh, allowed their pick to be bought, it turned into Jordan Bell, that, that, that uh, people laughed at them. And they said, what are you doing, you know, Doing that, you're doing the Warriors a huge favor. What do you think? Do you think that was probably part of the factor today? I think that might have been a factor. I mean, as you mentioned, the Bulls in particular in particular got a lot of flack last season, and the rest of the league saw that. And you know, there were all the cash considerations comments, and especially when Jordan was playing really well at the start of his rookie season, everyone looked in at the Bulls as a joke. And the reality is, I mean. It wasn't even that the the Bulls didn't really draft him. I mean, they they drafted him on behalf of the Warriors. So there's, I don't think the average NBA fan totally understands the nuances behind something like that. But that being said, I don't think that that was necessarily a huge factor tonight. If you just look at how how Bob Myers kind of characterized how it went down, he said they were actually pretty close to to making a couple deals happen. But by the time that they were about to make it happen, the players they were targeting were taken by other teams. So that just kind of sounds like, you know, bad timing, uh, a little bit unfortunate circumstances. It doesn't sound like teams were super unwilling to make something happen. Um, I can imagine, I can guess who a couple of the guys they were probably targeting were. Um, And, those guys went relatively early in the second round. Uh, Gary Trent Jr., I know, is a guy they were high on out of Duke. Great shooter. Uh, shot over 40% as a freshman at Duke this past season. Uh, Melvin Frazier from your daughter's alma mater, Tulane, uh, who is an athletic freak and can, it can guard NBA wings tomorrow. Um, 
those guys both went relatively early. And I think Javon Carter was another name I had heard that they were high on, and he was probably the best defensive guard in this draft, uh, kind of a Patrick Beverly type. And he also went early. So um, there, and the reality is you don't want to pay for a draft pick unless you're very confident that you want them on the team next season. It's not the type of thing where you pay for a draft pick and, oh, he, he just didn't look that good in training camp, we'll cut him. Because that happens with a lot of second-round picks, 40 through 50. It's not guaranteed. So if it doesn't work out, it's all good. See ya. Uh, but you're not going to make – an investment of millions of dollars and then cut a guy. So uh, once you get out of, you know, the 30 to 40 range, um, there's just not a lot of guys that you can be a hundred percent confident about that. You're going to definitely want on your team next season. Uh, so free agents. yeah, you could sign them as undrafted free agents. You could see how they, how guys look in summer league. Um, you could also, you know, maybe try to bring someone in from overseas or what have you. There's tons of NBA caliber players, even former college players who are toiling overseas right now who would love the opportunity to be the 15th man on the Warriors. So um, so there's, there's a lot of options uh, there. I think we were all kind of expecting it to happen, so uh, maybe there's a little disappointment, just thought we'd have more to write about. But um, I don't think the Warriors are feeling too disappointed right now. I think they got a guy – who is pretty low risk, you know, a guy who they know is going to come in and be able to play a role. You know, he's not necessarily going to be a future all-star. He probably doesn't have that type of ceiling. Uh, But one thing Bob said was he, I think he's going to be in the league for a long time. And you can say that pretty confidently about the number 28 pick in the draft, that's that's high praise because um, if you look at that number 28 pick, which I did entering the draft, it's shocking how few of those actually work out. The best one in, rec- in relatively recent memory is Tony Parker, who was, uh, who was a future Hall of Famer. Um, but he, he went 28 to the Spurs in 2001. And outside of him, the best guys – ended up just kind of being role players in the league. And most of the players taken at 28, you know, only lasted in the league for a couple of years and then went overseas or to the G League or D League. Um, and the, the interesting thing about all those guys who ended up panning out was pretty much all of them were drafted by the Spurs. You know, it was Tony Parker, then it was Tiago Splitter, um, Lander Barbosa, who was drafted by the Spurs, but I believe traded to Phoenix. Um you know, and so it kind of goes along with what we were talking about a minute ago, a minute ago, which is, you know, sometimes the the way the NBA works is all these guys who are drafted are so talented. You know, they're the best in the world. They're they're drafted for a reason, and the the what what often the difference between a guy who you know might wash out in a couple years and then end up having a long career overseas or a guy who carves out 10, 11 years in the NBA as a role player is often about opportunity and fit. And, you know, I've always said the best thing that can happen to your career is you get drafted by the Spurs because even if you're a marginal player, you're going to, they're going to find a role for you 
and you're probably going to be in the league for a long time. You know, Patty Mills was the 15th man on the Blazers, goes to the Spurs, and suddenly he's one of the best backup point guards in the league. You know, Kyle Anderson, in my opinion, wouldn't be in the league right now if he was on any other NBA team, and yet here he is starting playoff games, you know, for a team that won 50 almost 50 games, I think, this season. So um, it's it's just interesting. I think the Warriors are kind of building that culture as well where, you know, they're not – you're not going to get drafted by the Warriors and completely flame out because they know exactly what they want to do with you. They know exactly what role you're going to play, and they're going to put all these pieces around you to make you succeed. Yeah, and they have total credibility. I mean, that's the thing when you ask me uh, what what do I think, and you know, I I have no reason not to trust what these guys are doing because uh, have they missed? I mean, rarely, uh, and and they they are surrounding them. They they understand how the process works, and that's what Steve has said that next year is going to be all about the 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 young players and that to keep the guys engaged he's going to have them like mentor and you know have this responsibility and so that's a vi- going to be in a very intense i think experience for not only uh Jacob the rookie but uh the draft pick but also Jordan Hill and all the other guys because um i think in many ways Steve wants to turn the team over to them a little bit in the regular season and and really push them and and have them be almost one-on-one mentored by these guys and I think it's going to be a it's going to be interesting I think it's going to look different next year in terms of just the dynamics and the chemistry in the team but yeah I mean why 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 would we not think that they're they are building that kind of culture like the Spurs I mean obviously it's they don't have the longevity yet but there's no reason of any of the decisions they've made to not think that that's the direction that they're headed. And, uh, you know, as you as you wrote about in your column tonight, I think the draft, it's a good reminder of how far the Warriors have come. Just the fact that as a fan of the Warriors, you can go into tonight and feel confident. You know, if they draft a guy that you're not even familiar with, you don't know anything about that doesn't mean he's not the right pick, you know, whereas most of your life, if you're 30, 35 years old, you went into draft night with a a little bit of dread because you knew they were probably find a way to mess it up. I mean, I was looking through the, the, all the draft picks uh, before, before this draft. And, you know, there's such a market change between before the Bob Myers era and now during the Bob Myers era because, you know, it, if you look at some of the biggest busts in NBA history, I'm not sure anyone outside of maybe Portland because Portland's had a lot of busts. Uh, any franchise has had more busts than the – more high-profile busts than the Warriors. Joe Smith, um, Fuller, taking, uh, taking Fuller over Kobe Bryant, uh, taking um, – I can't even remember all the names now, but uh, there was they took a guy named Robert Cross or something with the sixth pick out of Purdue who played 45 games uh, total as a number six pick, and it wasn't that he had a career-ending injury. He was just that bad. I mean, 
it's uh and then Chris Washburn, you know, like just so many bad picks. And if you look at the picks leading up to Steph Curry, um, Patrick O'Brien at yeah. number nine. Um you had this is Mike Dunleavy at Mike Dunleavy Jr. at number three. Mike Dunleavy Jr. went to my high school. And I remember when he went number three, because I followed his career very closely, I was like, what? Number three? Like, I, as a middle schooler, knew <laughs> that that was a bad pick. Um, so it's just crazy how, how far it's come. They were the absolute laughing stock. And it wasn't that you, I think you just phrased it like you weren't sure if it was going to work out. No, you were sure it was not going to work out for years and years. And I, we, Raymond Ritter, the great PR guy for the Warriors, was just saying, like, I spent 10 years in Secaucus, you know, doing, because they were lottery picks. And so when your team is in the lottery, you end up taking your PR guy and everybody back there because it's a big deal when when you make that pick. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's now we're getting so used to this team being good now that we're, you know, in the the three out of four years winning the trophy, four years in the finals. It seems like a long time. But for those of us who have covered this team for a long time, it it's not. I mean, it's just we still have to remind ourselves, like, this used to be the only event that was really important for the Warriors was the draft because they sucked in the regular season. The only games that were interesting were if someone else like Michael Jordan or Kobe or somebody else was coming into town and, you know, everything revolved around the draft and what you were going to do and were you going to find that piece? And they never did. The one time they got kind of close with Chris Webber, then it all blew up in their face because of the big feud with Don Nelson and, they ended up with neither one, and that destroyed the team for years and years. But it's it's so weird. And when uh, we were laughing tonight because when Adam Silver came out to announce the first pick, he had a little preamble about how great the league is doing and how, uh, you know, everything, uh, you know, that two of the – both the conference finals went to game seven and that the NBA finals had the m- most uh, – famous athletes you know in the in the game in them and uh and that the warriors are this amazing team and everyone started booing and it was deafening and it was like oh man they're booing the warriors they used to not even know who the warriors were and if they did know they were laughing at them not booing them so it was kind of funny to to hear that national or at least at the you know those people who go whoever they are that go to uh, attend the draft to hear the reaction and just that visceral every time they said warriors they would all start booing, which um, is I guess the greatest sign of respect, right? <laughs> Definitely. Um, and the I'm I'm excited or, or more curious than anything just to see how Evans looks in in summer league remember they have two summer leagues california showcase up in sacramento then they're heading to vegas so he'll probably be on that team with jordan bell maybe damian jones um maybe a couple other the of the young guys so it'll be it'll be fun to follow um but uh you know we things are going to be heating up again pretty soon we're only a little bit over a week away from the start of free agency don't forget the warriors have seven free agents one of which is a guy named kevin durant we know he's going to come back but i'm still curious to see what the terms of that contract are so there's plenty to look forward to uh stay locked and loaded 
I'm going to be taking plenty of vacation the next couple months, but when I'm working, I will be sure to keep up with the pod. This show is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. Our theme music is Thank You for Playing by Ryan Little, courtesy of the Free Music Archive. This show is produced by me and Fernando Diaz. For more Warriors coverage, you can follow us on Twitter at con underscore cron and at Ann Killian. Check out all of our coverage at sfchronicle.com. Also, follow us on iTunes, and if you have some time, give us some feedback. <laughs>